0: As entrepreneurs, we have to be effective communicators. And this is one of the biggest challenges we have because we will not have success unless we can communicate well and inspire people to take actions. Our clients, our customers, our future clients and customers, our strategic partners. But so few of us really take the time to be great at this. And I have a resource for you, a fellow entrepreneur Uh, Patricia has been just uh, a leader in the industry I've known her for many many years I've had the opportunity to attend a number of her programs and she's helped me tremendously many of my peers she is a Hall of Fame speaker in her own right she's an executive speech coach she's sales presentation trainer but above all she's an entrepreneur who cares about entrepreneurs and she's here to help us and walk us through five key steps that you need to know to really make a huge impact I'm John Bowen we're at AESNation.com we're all about accelerating your success stay tuned because we're going to make it happen ordinary success no way you want amazing remarkable exceptional breakthroughs dig deep think bold drive hard watch yourself soar beyond your dreams aesnation.com patricia i am so excited to have you you and i've been uh, friends for a long time you've been making a big difference with an awful lot of people uh thank you for joining us
1: my my pleasure
0: patricia you know i i want you are so good at helping people be great communicators, great present presentations, whether it's one-on-one in a group setting. And I really want to get into your secrets, all the lessons you've learned being an entrepreneur, helping so many other entrepreneurs and key executives. But before I do it, I want to go to the backstory. And you know, how did you get here? Because as a young lady, a young woman, a young child, you know, my guess is you didn't get all excited that I'm gonna be an entrepreneur or a presentation. I'm gonna be, you know, the first woman uh, that was a—I uh, believe you were president of yeah, national sales, uh, or national speakers association, which is the premier association for speakers. And I remember when you got that and that was a huge deal. And it was before you and I were playing on the internet. We certainly weren't talking about through Skype and so on, but tell me how you got to where you are.
1: And, and that's a and, great and that's question a, because all advice that we give anybody is based on our life experience. I grew up in a small town in England, had a brother who was one year, one month, two one year, one month, two days, 12 and a half hours younger than I am, who turned out to be an internationally acclaimed rock and roll guitarist. But at the time, I just knew that he was a lot smarter than I was, at least academically. We had a dad who was an entrepreneur. He was in the real estate business, and at age 12, I thought I'm more artistic than academic, so I decided to be a hairstylist. And the first day I went to work, John, my dad gave me advice that I have built as the foundation of my my life and my own businesses. He said, don't concentrate on making a lot of money, but rather concentrate on becoming the type of person people want to do business with. And you most likely will make a lot of money. So that was the foundation. I was also, I had very good bosses. I was a hairstyling apprentice and uh, went on. And at age 20, I realized everyone in America was rich and the streets were paved with movie stars. So I, I arrived in San Francisco at age 20. No job, nowhere to live, didn't know anyone, had $500. And again, the belief that everyone was rich and they were movie stars, and John, I have not been disappointed. So first, I worked in the Mark Hopkins Hotel, in the beauty salon, and met people from all over the world, all over the country. and. What I was very lucky, in all the hairstyling salons I worked, I had access to develop relationships with people I would never have had the opportunity to meet. So little did I know that beyond that this was a business I was good at and I had a personality suited to, it was the level of who I met.
0: Well, uh, eight, eight, And the, the and turning the, the point turning was age point 23. Was at age 23 I, became I became one of the one...
1: first women... In men's hairstyling, when it was a new industry, in the first really posh men's hairstyling salon in San Francisco, and there I had access to wheelers and dealers and and the up and coming business execs and established business leaders, and these became my clients, my mentors, my friends, and and this is a key. it's so powerful one of the things i
0: want to do patricia you have your you uh someone sent me a photo or my assistant did i just want to put it up because uh you know maybe you can date this because you know this is you got an extremely happy customer you're smiling behind you're you're you know at the top of your game here and and you know so you know tell us how you 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 really became one of the top hairstylists and then you know where you are today.
1: Well good well this was it see by by working with in the men's hairstyling salon and the salon was owned by or took was taken over by Jay Sebring who was the Hollywood hairstylist he did Paul Newman, Steve McQueen's hair, in fact Paul Newman, Kate and Joanne Woodward Warren Beatty and Julie Christie came to the opening salon party. This hand, John, touched Paul
0: Newman.
1: <laughs> anyway, and, and through through that, uh, how I built my business was taking advantage of opportunity. So, for example, I had to build a business. With Jay Sebring, we had a lot of publicity, so people started coming in. And then I did what most people would now call networking, I called it. At the end of the day, I went to Harpoon Louis, the local watering hole, and I flirted with the guys and passed out my business cards. Now, But that, of course, it was networking before we had the word for it. <laughs> and then I would say to my stockbroker, well, how do you get clients? He said, we cold call. You know, I didn't even know what cold calling was or that people didn't like doing it. So he said, hey, here are three of my friends. Call them. And so because I didn't know people didn't like cold calling, I did it. Would you like to come in? I'll give you your first haircut for nothing. And this is a secret. It's better to do something for nothing than nothing for nothing. And and what I started doing for a hair product company was train other hairstylists. And I always said, look, don't sit and wait for clients. You have to find ways to get the clients in. And it's better to have your your haircuts walking around the streets and people saying, wow, you look good, than to not do anything. Anyway, with it and plus because it was a novelty, I was the first woman. I, I in in that industry, I used a lot of publicity. I was invited on radio shows, television shows, all the local papers wrote about me. And then this, and this is a secret that all entrepreneurs learn very early on. It doesn't matter how good you are at your skill or how great your company is. The world has to know about it. Now, in those days, John, as you mentioned, there wasn't the internet. Having the best yellow page ad, going out, using more low-tech ways to promote. And so radio, television, uh, newspaper articles, these were great ways to build on your own personal network. And then I started traveling nationwide doing presentations for the hairstyling company. And my clients, who like you were movers and shakers, said, hey, Patricia, come speak to my Rotary Club, Kiwanis Club, Lions Club oh, can you speak at my staff meeting? And after two or three free talks, I realized people who heard me speak came in my salon. And as I'd been to Dale Carnegie and I knew how to stack my ideas without using notes. And I used my personality. People who always, they thought I'd be okay, but I was better than they expected. And I realized this is the least expensive way for me to promote my business. So for any of our entrepreneurs who are not maximizing giving presentations in the local community as part of expanding their marketing, their reputation, their network. They are overlooking the best, the best, best
0: opportunity. Let me stop you here because, you know, what I I think that I want to just, you know, really uh, make this even a larger point because I, almost everything Patricia before I will go before the internet this was by far how I built every business I built and and so many of the successful entrepreneurs is getting out there getting the publicity building the relationships oftentimes you know having the relationship you know giving the presentation but in the back of the room you know you would build the relationship and do things together that would create tremendous value well, now today, you know, you go, well, geez, you don't do that as much. No, that works extremely well, but you have the ability to do it even exponentially. You and I are in Northern California today. You're a little closer to the Golden Gate than I am uh, bridge, but we're you know, we're both here in Northern California. We we're talking over Skype. We're, we have several thousand of our friends listening to us. And so the ability to go exponentially in the communication It just requires it so much, Patricia, to be good at what we're doing. We owe it to our companies, to our teammates, our partners, and to our clients and future customers to be really good at this.
1: And all promotion. And I'm the first to admit I became a shameless self-promoter. All our promotions, our marketing, has to be ongoing, consistent, and relentless. You start, you don't stop. You revisit You refocus, you might redirect your message, however you keep going. And and as you say now, between YouTube and Skype and Twitter and Facebook and a multitude of other ways, and just like this, podcasts, I do a lot of uh, Google meetings that then live afterwards on YouTube. So there's so many ways and, and this is the secret, and we both know, that you have to give value before you ask for business. And if people like what they hear for nothing, if they like what they see on YouTube, if they like your article, there's more chance of them, if they're interested, in saying, well, what
0: would you do for me? You know what I, I like, Patricia? I really uh, love that you shared the hairstylist uh, right in the beginning because that's what you were doing. I mean, you were, you're building I I call it conversational marketing and you we've got to get people to raise their hand to work with us and oftentimes the best way is giving them results in advance and your results in advance were you know a hairstyle with what you're doing today you're sharing information so many entrepreneurs that's how we're doing it so we need to really be thoughtful that worked before the internet the internet and all the mediums, you know, it's just one more medium, all the Facebook, everything you named, it's just a delivery medium. It's so important though that we have that message, we have that understanding that we have to get the word out to our, our message and that, that has to be of something of value. And uh, you've, you've demonstrated, demonstrated that extremely well in everything you do. Let, let me go, I, you know, one of the parts, you're so succinct in everything you do, and I, I'd love you to walk us through kind of, you know, the lessons that you've learned, how our fellow entrepreneurs can be great communicators.
1: Good. If we had to sum up what I've learned in 35 years in crafting a, a message, uh, it, okay, if we have to do this, it, craft a message, mm-hmm. then one, always remember your audience be it one 100 1000 is more interested in themselves than they are in you that means if it is a personal conversation look at it this way you will be perceived as interesting if you are interested I work a lot with sales teams and before I work with them, I say, "Well, let me see what you're saying now." So often their presentation is, "Hi, I'm John Smith. This is what we we do. This is who we do it for." Uh, with with all, the, I have so many rollover lines. I, I'm sorry about that. No,
0: no, no, problem. It, but we know that you're doing a good job marketing. That generates I mean, I people a, calling like, you. Like,
1: <laughs> I'm the hook and They're still calling. Uh, anyway so go back to be to be interesting you have to be interested and don't follow the this is who I am this is what we do this is who we do it for approach always we we know start by finding out about the client so if you focus your conversation or your presentation if it's in sales focused on their interests their opportunities or their challenges
0: uh, that's, you know, and let's I want to reiterate that just a little bit, too, because I, I think that is such an important element, Patricia, because, you know, our favorite subject is ourselves, <laughs> you know, and it's so easy. Yeah, we're fascinating people and so on. And, and you know, fellow entrepreneurs, we all think that and, and to the extent that we can really, you know, start a conversation with the person they think our prospective customer or you know strategic partner or current customer we have the ability because they think they're the most fantastic not only do we build those relationships but they are engaged and it's just so critical and and i i I have seen way too many sales team and some of them have been mine that they start that way and they kind of lose that consultation they think that they're whatever they're doing is so exciting that they have to share it instantly.
1: If we look at the five ways you're going to improve your presentation, and then we'll go back specifically to this conversation with salespeople, it's how do you start? How do you structure? How do you emotionally connect? How do you tell stories and examples? And how can you add razor-sharp specificity? So, for example, example, when we're talking talking about opening, the the first 30 30 seconds seconds of a conversation conversation or a presentation presentation Mm -hmm. are the most important. It's the flavor scene of a movie. So, in a sales conversation, now, assuming that whether it's the first time or you're now brought back to a more formal presentation, I would always start with saying congratulations. What are they most proud of? Congratulations. Your latest advertising campaign is spectacular. Congratulations, your stock price just went up three points and I notice your major competitors are down. Congratulations, every single person who engaged with me on my way to this meeting smiled and welcomed me. Your core values are working. Then, thank you for the opportunity to discuss how our solution could be what you're looking for. Most professionals thank people for their time. No, thank them for the opportunity. Because you know, John, when we sound the same as everybody else, how can you be perceived as different, or certainly not the best?
0: Yeah, and 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 when I always like the uh, the line, instead of being even differentiating ourselves, we want to be distinctive. And oh, I love I love yeah, and it's I'm gonna give uh, you can uh, on our Scott McCain, uh, who I believe oh, you know course, very of course, well. A good yeah, and Scott got me talking about that, and I just <laughs> love that because, you know. And particularly, you know, he talks about just being distinctive in one thing. You got to differentiate yourself overall, but distinctive in one thing. And boy, if there's ever been a good spot to be distinctive, it's in that opening relationship, that discovery relationship, where you know everyone, you know, the temptation is to pitch basically, no matter yep. what industry, whether you're selling widgets, whether you're in professional services, whether you're, you know, uh, any kind of business whatsoever. And by separating this out, you know, all of a sudden now we have, uh, that distinction and we've started well. So, I mean, number one, you said was starting well, let's go to number two, having a structure because you know, oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we're quick on our feet, uh, as our salespeople think they're even quicker and they don't worry about it. they kind of wing it. And that's,
1: uh, it, that's it. They are, they overly, are cocky. overly cocky. They say, oh, kid. Kid. I've been doing this for 30 years. I don't need a rehearse. And if anyone ever says that to me, I say, oh, fine. I, I understand you're a great subject matter editor. What's your opening line? Of all the professionals I help, even if they have their presentation together, I have never, John, never, ever, 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 ever. Work with an executive, a sales team, or a really smart individual, an entrepreneur who's a charismatic speaker who knows how to open and close with impact. So that's why the opening is so important, and it certainly should not be, Hi, my name is, when they know who you are. Now, if it's a speech, Let's just say you're out marketing, you're you're giving a presentation, or you're an expert in your area, you're asked to speak at your association meeting. You can start with a story or a rhetorical question, such as, if I were to ask you, is 2015 going to be your best year ever? Perhaps you'd say yes. Perhaps you'd say no. Most likely you would say, John, I would love it to be. Can you tell me how? Well, congratulations. You're in the right place at the right time. And in the next 45 minutes, you will learn the five specific ways to. So can you see you're engaging the audience? You're getting to the point. You've already st- let them know there are going to be five areas on this pr- presentation. So that would be, it could also also be, be, it could also also be a statement. statement. It never ceases to amaze me that intelligent, well-educated and ambitious individuals frequently overlook developing the number one strategy that is guaranteed to position them ahead of the crowd. So, you, you know, so you can make, so there are multiple ways. It's just get to the point, say something interesting, then... We have to have a simple, logical structure built around your key premise. So give me one subject, John, that you might speak on.
0: So I, I speak very often when I'm talking with entrepreneurs because I'm a financial person on the costly mistakes they make financially. Okay,
1: good, 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 perfect, good perfect, perfect. So your premise, premise could be, could be as an entrepreneur with no more clients no more advertising nobody else in your database you could double your profit now that will get their attention now they would be thinking how by understanding the six ways you can stop making costly mistakes so you see the premise is that they can double their, their profit, say, then the, t- the simple structure proves that premise, which is two, three, or four, or however many ways you have to do that. So that is the simple structure. So you don't have to have a PowerPoint, and you can have a PowerPoint, but even if you do, you have to do the structuring of the organization on paper because the creative process is messy that needs to be on paper swiveling it around then when you've got the organization you ask yourself where must i have a visual to reinforce what i'm doing this this is
0: really good patricia what i i want to do because i mean we're i want to make sure we get through all five and get this uh you know and because i'm finding as you're giving the subjects uh, i'm leaning in you know i I want to hear them, and, and, and that's what we want to do. And this is what we want for all entrepreneurs. So we're, we're going, you know, number one, we've got to start well. We've got to be clear on, you know, that relationship. The second is we've got to have a structure. We see over and over, you know, we're so impressed with people that have that structure. I mean, we, we give them credit, quite honestly, that they're a lot smarter. I'm going back to the matter of political beliefs uh, when President Obama and Romney uh, did the first debate. Romney won, you know, really for most people, not just independent, because he was able to provide that framing and structure in everything that he did. But what, what uh, in so many campaigns, and this is both politically and emotionally, I mean, politically or business, is the emotional element. You have that as three. Tell us how, you know, we're, we're you know, particularly I'm a financial guy. We, you know, we don't, we're not that emotional, you know, or di- many entrepreneurs are pretty dispassionate. How do you bring that emotional connection in?
1: Well, we understand, we understand that we connect intellectually and emotionally, so think of this. Logic makes you think. And if you're talking finance, or if you're changing a vendor uh, that's gonna actually charge you more, it has to be an analytical, logical decision. However, emotion makes you act. And if you can emotionally connect to an audience in any situation, they are going to connect when you are more likely to, to buy into your ideas. So you emotionally connect one through eye contact. So obviously if you're talking to a... a people around a boardroom table, then you need to give piece of the pie eye contact. Many people think he's the decision maker or she's the economic buyer I'm focusing on her. Well yeah, but everyone's there for a reason. So they might not make the decision. They're influencers. So you share your eye contact with everyone for a thought, an idea, or a phrase. You don't keep moving. You actually really look at people for five or six words or it might be a whole sentence. Then, and this is key, you focus language. And what I would recommend us all do, just record and perhaps have transcribed your sides of conversations. Or if you give it a presentation, even a rehearsal of a presentation, just listen to it. Perhaps have it transcribed and see all the times you say I. And it is impossible to speak and not say I. Mm-hmm. And just see if you could turn it around and then translate that even into your emails. So rather than I am going to send you the materials, no, you will be receiving the materials you requested. It's still saying I'm sending you my information, but it's more about you. And if we can have in our back pocket a list of you focused phrases in your experience, what is you know, what is your opinion? How have you found in that situation? You will learn. You will discover. How often has this been a problem? So you you, you focus language, and then you emotionally connect with now, stories and examples.
0: It's great. I mean, I, I, we've done a lot of research on this, Patricia. And one of the things that we find is that approximately in our research, it's 84% want to connect emotionally first and then justify through logic afterwards. And we we all want to, particularly some of us who are more on the left brain dominant, do the, uh, you know, really just persuade people with the facts and it doesn't work. But, you know, we've taken them now. We've got start well, have a great structure, emotional connection, story, you know, storytelling. I love storytelling because many of our coaching clients and financial advisors, call it their secret weapon. And and boy, I see some entrepreneurs have built you know billion dollar businesses based on story. How, how does this come in here?
1: If you if you realize that your audience will not remember everything you say, they will remember what they see. And stories that can be visual and they can be very short. For example, one financial advisor that came to me for advice, uh, when I, of course, looked at her website before I called her back, and she said, and that their line, and I thought, this is someone who understands the power of words. We deliver, uh, we deliver, uh, what was it? We deliver at the speed of FedEx and the quality of the Ritz-Carlton. So in one line, you are creating pictures. So if you think of stories, you have to have characters, stories about people. So if you don't say, uh, oh, we have a client in Cleveland, even if you can't mention their name, you need to say, we have a senior executive of a software company, Torfred. All right, so give him a little backstory just so we know, is this someone I relate to? Is this someone I admire? Oh, is that just like me? So your characters have to have backstories. It's just simple. They're experienced. Their title, And then when we deliver the story, we drive it forward with dialogue. So you don't say, I wish you could meet Mary. When I first met her, she told me that she was going through a very challenging time. No, how you'd actually do it is deliver the dialogue. Wish you could have meet Mary. When I first met her, she said, Patricia, we're having a tough time. And first of all, you put your name in the story. So you know when the audience knows who's speaking. And then it's easier for you to deliver in dialogue. Because you know it's, it's the other person speaking. So when you have to have characters, you have to have dialogue, and the point has to be obvious. And if this were a client example, follow the formula situation, solution, success. And what we have to do is shrink what might have taken months into one short period of time. So you might say, John called and said, help. We only hire experienced sales professionals with a good technology background. We naturally assumed they could tell our company story. We put together a meeting they had to present to the senior management and we were horrified. I have been challenged to scour the planet for the best sales presentation skills coach. I'm lucky you're only 34 miles from headquarters now somebody actually said that so what you're going to do is take what might have taken months to actually get to that conversation and put it in one conversation to get to the point what is this challenge because by the time you're talking to this executive team in fact you might have spent months but and so you're shrinking that and then you say as That's a request, not dissimilar from yours. And what we did was bullet, 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 bullet. So the solution you can do in your words, and again, just like the situation, the success needs to be in the client's words. If you were to call John, he would tell you, just as he's told us many times, I would not have believed it possible that bullet, 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 on time, under budget, okay. So they are some of the techniques and well, stories. Well,
0: and it's, it's so powerful, Patricia, and I want all the entrepreneurs to think for a moment of do they do it? I mean, do are you doing it? You know, as you're listening to this, if you're on the video podcast watching it, and if not, why not? And then think about someone you know beyond Patricia now, who does it and how effective they are. And, and it's probably, if you do know, it's only one or two people. And this is where, you know, that differentiation distinction is just so powerful. Let's go to the fifth step and this is being, uh, you know, having specificity specific. How does that play?
1: Specificity builds credibility and I am appalled, shocked and horrified by the sloppy language from brilliant speakers, consultants and executives. Let me give a specific example. I have a, a word that It is my mission in life to remove from business communication and I am failing miserably. Perhaps you can join my mission and that is talking about your product, your service, your expertise and calling it stuff. That is debris. People do not know they are doing it, which is why you must record yourself. You will not improve what you don't know needs improving. I was working with a client. They had spent, John, $40 million on this new solution. And when the national sales manager, actually international sales manager, got it, this man was polished, powerful. He looked good. He was, he had obviously prepared because he was using no notes, no slides. And I thought, wow. And then he said, Our clients need our stuff. And he went down in my estimation. How can you talk about your $40 million solution and call it debris, which is what S-T-U-F-F is? Right, good. I would also look at so when my clients, you, they, if they say there are three things that will make us successful, or they talk about, so I'll I'll just say, can you tell me specifically what you mean? Because you could say there are three things that are going to make you successful. I would say, well, would it sound more valuable if we said there are three strategies that will make you successful, three techniques, three ideas, three. Whatever. Find the most powerful words. And I would also not only make a list of you-focused language, make a list of power words. Come up with the phrases that describe what you do. For example, am I inviting you to a seminar or I'm am I inviting you to an action-packed, uh, information-rich, audience-involving seminar? Uh, use good adjectives adverbs and good specific descriptive words
0: that's so powerful oh, Patricia. Patricia I mean I I, yeah, I love this and and, I, and and some of those things I recognize that I have not done as well as I should and, and this is something that all of us as entrepreneurs it, it's really important to you know take the time I've got a, a major launch that I'm doing Uh of a new solution, not stuff, a solution. And (laughs) and so, you know, I mean, when you go through and you start thinking of these and how you can more effectively communicate one-on-one, group setting, as well as, you know, maybe on video, you know, in a big auditorium, whatever you're doing, and maybe it's all of those, boy, that specificity. Mm -hmm. All these steps, bringing through to make sure that message resonates with the right people to attract them to get them to raise their hand, is just so powerful. Let's so go to the next segment. I want to reach out, and the next segment is the book of. the... Oh, Patricia, what are you reading now? And uh, you know, what would you recommend to your fellow entrepreneurs?
1: what i would recommend all fellow entrepreneurs not only now but for the entire year is to is to have a good thriller that absolutely engages you that takes your mind off business and the challenges a book that will will if you're delayed on a plane for four hours, you can only do so much catch up with your email, then when you get on the plane, your reward is to read a good thriller that makes you so engaged and involved you don't care that you're going to get to Cleveland at two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) So I'm going to read, over Christmas, I am saving the Lee child latest book on Jack Reacher, who's the character and getting involved in his way of solving the world one man against the element
0: no, it's it's great it's been a while since i've done that as soon as you've recommended and you're the first one i think out of about a, my first hundred interviews to do that and and it and it is we all need a release we need you know we need to have this separation mm. and and boy, you know, if you're stuck in a storm at an airport and you've got that great book, you, know, you can be excited about it. So we might as well do that. <laughs> well, let's go to the next one. And that is the resources. Uh, and what I would like to do, Patricia, is go to uh, your resources. And what I'm gonna pull up here is your, uh, uh, first year website. Uh, and tell us, I'm going to put it up on screen. It is at FRIPP, dot com. And Patricia, what are people going to find or your fellow entrepreneurs going to find here?
1: Well, one, you can find literally hundreds of articles you click on any one of the pages put in the search box what you are most interested in and you're gonna find a blog post or an article with its sales presentations the blog that we add new items uh, three four five times a week are always around how to more persuasively get your message across so there are a lot of free resources you can certainly look We, we do have services, sales training, speech coaching, and speaking at conferences. However, if you were gonna pick one, John, one, and from Fripp, you can connect to it or you can go to it on your own, VT. Yeah,
0: let me pull that up too so they can see you there and powerful persuasive presentations. What are they gonna find here in the tours and courses?
1: All right, this is my highly interactive, learn at your own pace, virtual training. It's having me as your own personal speech coach 24-7 in the areas of designing presentations, sales presentations, delivering webinars, all aspects of being powerfully persuasive speaking to any size audience and if you click on free trial you can take three of our popular chapters and I bet you're gonna find one of them is on stories so you can get some more on that but you'll see how we engage with you these are interactive you're not just watching them they're designed for you to learn so if you recommend, if you love what you see Sign up, and it's a very cost effective way to have me share with you the best I've learned in 35 years. No,
0: I would agree t- wholeheartedly. I mean, you've priced it you know, really inexpensively, encourage people with the communication needs that we have, all of us. I mean, this is such a minor expense for what we're doing. Now, let me go to the last section here, which is key takeaways and Patricia, I just want to go through and run, make sure everybody got this. You can go to aesnation.com and we have all the show notes. We'll have the transcription of Patricia and I, our conversations. And I'd really encourage you to go through each of these five steps and the recommendations that Patricia made because they're, they're just so powerful. You know, one starting well, really understanding that, you know, you aren't the most interesting thing. Your product, your solution, your stuff is not the most interesting thing to that individual. How do you go ahead and engage them right from the start with the understanding of they're looking what's in it for them. Second is have a structure. I'm just, you, you know when you're working with a true professional, they have the framing, they have the structure, they take you through effortlessly people appreciate that tremendously in today's busy world third is emotional you have to connect we talked about that we have the research 84% of the people want to connect emotionally first and then it doesn't mean you don't use logic you got to have that structure that logical presentation of how you you they need to engage with you but that emotional connection and four, I'm going to call it the secret weapon. As a story, Patricia gave a couple examples here. She started her own the podcast, bringing us back to her time as a hairstylist and that journey. And you're going to remember her more. I mean, this is a power story. Story proceeds. People will introduce Patricia as this, you know, unbelievably talented uh, presentation coach, trainer, virtual tools, all that. But they're also going to talk a little bit about the edge that care salon and then be specific, you know, be very careful with language work with people record yourself. I know it's painful Patricia when I watch myself on video and the recordings and every single time I learn and this is and have and you know, have coaches who watch it and coach you and help you. You know, if this, if you're making millions of dollars, you know, if you've got big business, you know, the, the incremental is just so little. Patricia, I want to thank you so much for helping our fellow entrepreneurs, and I want to encourage everyone to go back to the notes, AESNation.com, and make sure you go through the transcript and highlight the five drivers, put them in place, and then go out and execute. It's going to make a world of difference for your clients, for your future clients, for your teammates, your partners, your family members. You're going to be much more effective. They're counting on you, don't let them down. Wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESnation.com.